as we begin reading scripture this morning, I want to, to acknowledge that um, John chapter 1 isn't typically a scripture for Advent, but boy, does it speak to me in this season. Hear these words this morning. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. The life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. May God grant us understanding of these words this day. Our second scripture comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 2 and verses 6 and 7. Hear these words this morning. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born to us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and his name, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from, the, from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. May God grant us new understanding of these words this day. The word of God for the people of God. So growing up in Montana... We had several Christmas traditions um, that were not to be challenged. Okay, you guys have a mom like that? When mom says you do? For, for instance, though, one of these things um, that mom had but dad enforced was that we not celebrate anything Christmas until after Thanksgiving. That meant no singing Christmas carols or playing Christmas music, or decorating anything until after Thanksgiving. Now, I think that I've told you all before that I was kind of a rebel. And so this is one of those times that I kind of skirted the letter of the law. My Aunt Jackie, you know, you all have that, that favorite aunt, the one who leads you into trouble. For me, that's Jackie. My Aunt Jackie and I would always get the task of doing the dishes after things, our Thanksgiving feast. And this was a feast for like 25, 30 people at, back in the days when we didn't have dishwashers. So as soon as the table was cleared, we would start singing our favorite Christmas songs. And if Dad said anything at all, Jackie and I would sing, Here Comes Peter Cottontail. And he would roll his eyes and storm off to the front room. 
But see, technically, Thanksgiving in our mind was over. It was time for Christmas to begin. When my daughter Sarah was born on December 15th, we had this dilemma. How do we have birthday without mixing it up with Christmas? So when she was little, we didn't do any decorating until after her birthday. And that worked well when she was little, but when she got to be about middle school age, she protested that tradition. She wanted Christmas as soon as possible. Sometimes even before Thanksgiving. And I would just smile and let her do what she wanted to do. This year, in front of my house is a six-foot snowman, one of those blow-up things. It's taller than I am. Penny Pup looks at it suspiciously every morning. And added to that brand new this year is a penguin on the other side of the, the walk. And so we walk out of the house and Penny looks. And then we go on about whatever we're going to do. As this last week has gone on, the Christmas valances have made it on the windows. Um, the wreath has made it on the door. And some other things to decorate for Christmas. Um, and interestingly enough, I've done very little of it. My kids decided to create Christmas for mom. And so that is what they're doing. This year, though, we have a tree. I bought it from the Boy Scout Christmas tree lot. And Nathan, my son, who lives with me, put it up and put the lights on it. And that's how it sat. There are no ornaments on that tree. But that's for another day. It will get there. And Christmas comes, whether we decorate or not, does it not? Yeah. Last year, Advent felt a lot different than it had in the past. My family and I were recovering from having COVID. And energy was very, very low. So I went through the motions of Christmas, but yet, you know, that kind of that sparkle, that joy, that hope wasn't really there. You know, last year at this time, we were dealing with politics and pandemic and protests and unrest in the whole climate around us. This year, we still have pandemic, we still have a new variant that's troublesome. But I see a difference in the people around me. I see a sense, a glow maybe, of hope. I do. There's more houselessness to be sure. Money is tight for some, to be sure, or non-existent for some, to be sure. However, Christmas 
doesn't depend on that, does it? Christmas is coming no matter what our circumstances are, and it doesn't require anything big. The Christmas light will overcome the darkness. Peace will prevail, and hope will lead us on. And if the spirit of Christmas wants to come any way it can, I say bring it on. Our first scripture today is not about angels or shepherds or a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. In this nativity story, have you heard it called that before? In this nativity story, it begins. Within the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In this nativity story, this Christmas story, John takes us back to the very beginning. We all love Christmas mostly. We love the stories of Christmas, almost all of us. We can visualize in our minds Mary and Joseph and the baby. We believe in things that may not typically be in the story if we read it in the Bible, like donkeys and camels. Those aren't typically in the story, but they're in the way I see it. I see Mary riding on a donkey to Bethlehem. That's how I learned it. That's how I see it. But the story goes back further even than that. There's no wise men. There's no gifts of gold. There's no frankincense and myrrh. But it echoes back instead to the book of Genesis. In the beginning, God created. God moved over the chaos and darkness and said, let there be light. In John's gospel, from the very beginning was the word and God, the God who moved over the face of the deep, over the darkness, who spoke and said, let there be light. This same God was in the beginning and spoke this word that called this love into light, called light into our world. John says, what has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. I love the confident note of hope that this verse sends us. On the one hand, it is a declaration of the fact 
that light is stronger than darkness. At the same time, it is also a promise, even when it seems otherwise, and even in the briefest scan of the headlines, when we look at those, it shows us darkness. But even when we see those, even when it seems otherwise, the light continues to shine. And the darkness has neither overcome, nor does darkness understand this kind of light. This light for us. The light for God's people, the light for the world the light that is stronger than anything we can ever imagine. Can you imagine a moment when light burst forth out of darkness, overcame darkness? You know, I love to go caving. I know, is that, is that funny? I love to go caving. I've been to Carlsbad Caverns. I've been to Mammoth Caves in Kentucky. I've been to Lewis and Clark Caverns in Montana. And there's this point when the guide takes you to the very bottom of the cave, particularly like um, in the Mammoth Caves in Kentucky. You get to the very bottom, and you know what that guide does? The guide turns off all the lights. And it is so completely dark that you can't see your hand in front of your face. And I think about that kind of darkness and that all it takes is that flip of a switch and that light comes back on. The light is there all the time, but the connection isn't made until that switch comes on. Um, you know, when I'm in that kind of dark, you feel like a little bit of, you feel anxiety. You feel kind of trembly and, and disoriented. When there's darkness in our world, we feel anxiety. We feel disoriented and scared. Darkness has that effect on us. So I want you for just a second to picture total darkness in your mind. You got it? Do you feel your heart racing, your palms sweating, your body shaking? Then imagine God saying these words, let there be light and light bursts forth and overcomes that darkness. Do you see the hope in that? In Jesus, we have the embodiment of both life and light. Light and life. John wrote, in him was life, and life was the light of all humans. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness does, has not understood it. And Jesus says, I will show you the way. The Spirit says, I will show you the way. A babe lying in a manger says, I will show you 
the way. Sometimes, however, we take the benefit of these two things, light and life, for granted. When was the last time you went to bed wondering if you would wake up? Some of us have been there. When was the last time you went to bed wondering if the sun would rise in the morning? Just wouldn't happen, I think, in our lifetime. We can count on the sun rising. And mostly, we can count on light bulbs to work. And if they don't work, we can do something about it. Light and life are givens. Darkness is associated with a number of unpleasant things. In the dark, a person tends to move more slowly or wander aimlessly. We tend to be more fearful because we can't see what dangers might be out there. Darkness gives rise to our fears. And I am so, so glad that light is stronger than darkness. Imagine the people of God having dwelled in darkness for a very long time. Our second scripture tells us that. Suddenly blinking in the brightness of God's light. Our second scripture says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government, the Hebrew of that word government is Mizrah, will be on his shoulders. Isaiah earlier mentioned a child who would be born, who would be named Emmanuel. And he mentions this child again, a very special child, who will have great authority and wisdom and establish endless peace. Mizrah can also be government as in a burden to be born on the back of shoulders. However, this son, this child, is bearing our burden. It is surprising, as um, Marilyn had said, that Yahweh would raise up this child a newborn, to deliver God's people, to establish peace and justice and righteousness. We would expect God to raise up a mighty warrior, at least that's what the people of that time expected. So the Christ child was a big surprise. But you know, God often uses the ordinary to bring God's light, to bring God's victory, to bring God's kingdom. You know, I'm thinking about the fact that there are stories about, like David and Goliath. David was a child, and he came up against Goliath. You know that story. About Samuel being a story and being a child and being called by God. So why wouldn't God choose a baby? 
to do these most wonderful things. Isaiah says his name would be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These are characters one would associate with a king. Isaiah goes on to say, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them a light would shine. Isaiah is, is announcing the good news of light. The light comes to you as a young babe lying in a borrowed bed. He bears such wonderful names that tell you the Christ child is there for you. The, the darkness will not stand before the light of God. It tries. The hardship, the darkness in our world, it tries, but it will not stand. So here's something that I want you to take away from today, uh, from this message, and that is the light of Christ is in you. You have lived a time of darkness, but the Savior, Christ the Lord, has conquered it completely. The darkness must give way to the light. We live confident that the light is stronger than darkness. Love is stronger than hate. Life is stronger than death. My friends, Christmas is coming. The light will shine, even in our present situation, even if we can't do all the things that we want to do. And therein, lies our hope, not just my hope, my friends, but our hope together. I say this, come Christmas, we have begun pre preparing for light to shine in us, for your world, so that the world may know that light is stronger. Amen.